everyone, my name is Eric Bowe, and welcome to another episode of the Primal Podcast. The goal of each podcast is to uncover primal motivations in today's marketplace. As a part of the show, I will discuss the impact on your marketing and possible solutions. This podcast is a reflection of my passion to uncover what makes shoppers tick. It is what I believe drives great marketing and how I work with clients every day. If you're a client looking to take your marketing to the next level, reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'd be happy to help. Well, that's enough for the intro. Let's get on with the episode. Well, it's been a while. I think my last podcast was in February, so I'm happy to be back and recording. I thought it'd be interesting to really look at what has happened in the last several months and really how it has affected our shopper behaviors. Like many of you listening to this podcast, I was quarantined for several months and it has impacted both personal and household shopping from grocery to hardware, clothing, personal care, entertainment, and God help us finding disinfectant. Speaking of hardware, one of the weirdest things I got to say that I purchased over the last several months was both a chainsaw and an axe. Not that I'm starting my own horror movie, but it's more of a fact of, hey, I needed it. And it was really different purchasing these things online versus just going into a Lowe's or Home Depot and shopping the way I typically did. From a household perspective, there's a significant shift in our grocery shopping behaviors. Prior to COVID, 75% or more of our shopping was done from Kroger. Due to COVID, we have expanded our shopping or retailers for groceries from almost exclusively Kroger to now include Amazon, Walmart, Target, Neiman's, which is a local Spartan store, still go to Kroger, and Gordon Food Service. Sometimes these were successful endeavors to try new brands. Sometimes they were not. I'm going to get into this as we go through this because my story is sort of a reflection, which I'm sure a lot of people are going through. COVID has imposed a shift in how we shop. In general, behavioral theory states if you do a behavior for over 21 days, it becomes a habit. Well, folks, most of us have been either in a self-imposed quarantine or quarantine for more than that. So the question becomes, are these new shopping behaviors going to stick? Or are we going to revert back to how we operated prior to COVID? In other words, for some shoppers, it may feel like a shopping renaissance because they found new ways to shop. For others, it may feel like the dark ages because they are forced to shop outside their preferred state. In this podcast, I'm going to touch on this. I'm going to talk about what primal typologies are thriving and which ones are under duress. Secondly, will how we shop or a core primal typology be altered by COVID? Are we going to adopt new behaviors or are we going to revert back to where we were prior to this? And I'll wrap up the episode and discuss opportunities for brands based on these shifts in behaviors. So let's dive into it. And now, the stat of the podcast. So the stat of the podcast is 45.6 million shoppers. And this stat comes from Supermarket News, specifically from a study done by Mercatus. And they looked at how many people are using grocery delivery and pickup. So last month, June 2020, 45.6 million customers within the U.S. use grocery pickup. This has grown steadily over the past four months, starting in March at 39.5 million. For comparison purposes, if you look back to August 2019, only 16.1 million people did grocery delivery and pickup. That's roughly about a 30 million shopper increase. First off, a lot of industry people are saying that this shift will be permanent. 
Delivery and BOPIS will be the way. BOPIS, buy online, pick up in store, in case you're unaware of the acronym. And brands will need to adapt or die. And this is interesting because I really don't believe this is a categorical statement. This is a fluctuation that was totally imposed by COVID. Now, eventually COVID will go away. And the question becomes, what happens after that? When it subsides, will these behaviors persist? And the answer, I believe, lies in our typologies. Because if you take a step back, we're, we all shop different. And therefore, COVID or quarantine is going to have a different effect on our shopping patterns. Some people, it will actually amplify their shopping patterns, while others, it's going to work against their preferred state, and they're going to have stress and anxiety because it is not the way they're used to shop, nor do they like it. For those of you unfamiliar with primal typologies, let me just go through it briefly so the rest of this podcast makes a lot of sense. Primal Shopper is like Myers-Briggs for shoppers. To put it simply, there's three different dichotomies, brand, wallet, and time. With brand, you're either a brand citizen, meaning brands matter, or a free agent, meaning that something else is more important in your shopping decision. With wallet, you're either a deal seeker or price buying. Pretty self-explanatory. But the key part here is a deal seeker is willing to spend time to save money. And finally, time. Time, you're either a mission or journey shopper. With a mission shopper, they just hate shopping. They want to get in, get out, and get on with their life. While a journey shopper loves shopping, and they prefer to be in the retail environment, and they almost see it as entertainment in some respects. And they may see it as entertainment in some respects. So these three DNA strands make up our typologies. So for example, if you're a free agent, deal seeker, and mission is what you call a deal surgeon, because they really don't care about brand, they want to get a deal, and they don't care for shopping. So what I want to do is walk through each of the eight typologies in Primal Shopper, talk about whether it's a renaissance or dark ages as it relates to COVID shopping. The first typology I'd like to discuss is the shopping minimalist. They are price blind from a wall perspective, they're on a mission from a time perspective, and as a brand, they're a free agent, meaning they will swap out brands in order to limit their time in the store. This typology is the least affected by lockdown. And to give you an example of the mindset, I did a little bit of social listening out there to find a few tweets that are representative. For a shopping minimalist, there was one from Yarob Kenobi, and he tweeted out, I just did Kroger grocery pickup for the first time. I don't think I'll ever go back to real grocery shopping again. That tweet gives you an insight into the mindset of a shopping minimalist. Although Kenobi here has done Kroger for the first time, odds are if you're a shopping minimalist, you've been doing BOPIS or delivery anyway. Really the impact of COVID for many shopping minimalists is beyond the grocery category. For example, contactless delivery was not even a thing six months ago. Now it has become the standard for many businesses, restaurants, hardware stores, and the like. And businesses have shifted, and the shopping minimalist is digging it. They're loving it. One interesting thing is telehealth, which has been around for a long time, but a lot of people haven't used it, ourselves included. My, my household has never used it. We've been forced to use it, and now we actually like online consultation with the doctor a lot better than going in. Again, this is not really shopping, but in many respects, you may be a shopping minimalist for some parts of your life and then a different typology for others. So as we discover things and start using them, it becomes a, a part of our expectation and it becomes a part of the way we want to interact with a brand. 
So the verdict for a shopping minimalist is it's the renaissance because they are finding new ways to minimize their shopping. And sometimes this has to do with businesses offering things that they hadn't done prior to COVID. But let's move on to the next typology. Let's talk about deal surgeon. A deal surgeon is a deal seeker. They're on a mission like the shopping minimalist and they're a free agent. They will spend time to make money, but they don't want to spend it in the store. So here's a deal surgeon tweet. It's from Holly Linia Kellett. Her tweet reads, Kroger, I'm going to continue to shop in the store, but I am done attempting the pickup option. Every time there's a mistake, items not found. By the way, I can go in the store and find them immediately after my pickup. My coupons are being kicked out because of substitutions. This tweet gives you an idea of the frustration a deal seeker would have with the current situation. They don't like paying full price. They like saving money. In fact, they get a dopamine rush by saving money, and it becomes an addiction over time because the more I save, the more I feel good. Repeat, repeat, repeat. So the issue the deal surgeon is, is suffering is deal depletion. Deals are unavailable due to high demand products. For example, at Kroger right now this week, actually, they have a buy five, save five dollars for participating items. Well, what if you put five items in your cart and one of them is unavailable? Well, you didn't get the five for five. It's gone. Goodbye. And while they're willing to swap brands, again, they hate paying full price. The issue with deal depletion is that they don't have the opportunity to swap brands. For example, there are certain depleted products out there, like toilet paper, for example. And when toilet paper is depleted, there's no deal. You just have to buy what they have and you have to pay what they're charging. There's a rotating meat shortage at times. And again, finding the best deal on meat and stocking up on it becomes difficult, especially when you're limited to two items. And many grocery stores are doing this. And finally, the bane of all of our existence is, well, quite honestly, is Lysol ever coming back? My wife was obsessed with getting disinfectant. And what she would do is go onto Walmart site 10 to 12 times a day. And if it was available, she put it in her cart and she would buy it immediately. Sometimes she would wake up at 2 in the morning and be buying disinfectant. Now, again, we weren't getting Lysol. We were getting Clorox wipes, but you get the idea. But here's the deal. There was no deal. Not only did we pay full price, we paid shipping on that one item because if you lingered and put other stuff in your cart, it could disappear. So she was conditioned to buy it immediately in a price-blind manner. And being a deal seeker, this bothered me. So what I do? Well, my wife was happy. She got disinfectant, so I just didn't look at the bill. Still bothers me, though. So what is the verdict for deal surgeon? Well, it's the dark ages. It's the dark ages because they can't get all the deals they were used to prior to COVID. Most likely what's going to happen is they will venture into the store more sooner than later based on their tolerance risk. So if they're low, low tolerance, they're probably already back in the store. If they're high tolerance, they're still suffering through this, but looking for the day when they don't have to use Bopus. So let's talk about the next typology, Bargainista. Bargainista is a deal seeker, but they're from a time perspective, their journey. They love going in stores. They love the shopping experience. And from a brand perspective, they're free agent. They tend to be impulsive. They tend to find things, whether it's deals in a store or new brands they never saw, and they will buy them. Here's a quick Bargainista tweet I found. It's from Aliyah, and it reads, As convenient as grocery pickup is, I kind of just miss wandering around the aisles and picking out my own groceries, seeing what's new, comparing prices, reading labels, etc., etc. Love this tweet. This gives you an idea of really the mindset of a bargainista. The issue with lockdown in the bargainista is prep effort. 
They normally are used to just going in the store with sort of a partial list, but they use the store as a stimulus. Like I said, they're impulsive. They like finding new products. They like finding deals. They even do meal inspiration in the store. Like a deal surgeon, though, they get upset when they have to pay full price. So the verdict for the bargainista, like the deal surgeon, is the dark ages because they had to pay full price and they really enjoy going into the store and they're unable to do that. The next typologies I'm going to discuss as a group and as brand citizenship. Remember, brand is split between brand citizenship and free agent. So far in the podcast, all we talked about is free agents. So let's talk about brand citizenship. This is a big issue. Regardless of time or wallet, these people need their brands. And here's a great tweet that just shows some of the frustration. It's from Snack Respector. Love that name. And the tweet reads, Kroger was out of Diet Dr. Pepper and they subbed me Diet Dr. K in my pickup order. And it tastes like Robitussin. If you've done Bopus, you probably have experienced this brand swap. Sometimes the brand swap may have been pleasant, and other times it may be disruptive with your brand citizenship. If you look at specific typologies, for example, if your mission and brand, these are brand fanatics and loyalty lasers, they are fine with BOPIS. However, they are not fine with swapping out their brands. Personally, this has become a common occurrence, especially for my wife, who is a brand citizen for many different CPG products. For example, to her, you get ragu. There's no other type of spaghetti sauce. Well, guess what? We got Prego. It was swapped out. We asked for Kraft Mac and Cheese. This is what my kids like. We got the Kroger brand. And we asked for Chicken of the Sea in water. Very specific. Instead, we got Starkiss one time and the Kroger brand a different time. Every time this happens, we're not happy. And you're left with four options from a brand citizenship perspective. First off, choose no substitutes and you're going to get the brand you want or you're going to get no product at all. Secondly, choose substitutes and put up with a different brand. Sometimes this isn't so bad unless you're really set on that one brand that's your go-to brand every time. Another option is find a store that offers your brands. And this is why we venture to Amazon, to Target, to Gordon Food Service, because they became options for us and they were more reliable than Kroger. Last but not least, go into the store and make the decision in the store and don't leave it up to the person putting your order together. Another inflection of brand citizenship is brand and deal seeker. And within brand citizenship, there's two typologies, brand tracker and fanatical finder. Not only do they want their brand, but they want a deal on their brand. And this can get very frustrating because not only didn't they get their deal, but they were swapped out a brand, a brand that they wanted. So this goes a little deeper than that mission shopper, but at the same time, you get the idea. So what's the verdict for brand citizenship? Well, is the dark ages for most stores. Not getting my brand is a major problem and it can be very frustrating. Let's shift gears and talk about brand solutions here. And there's a wonderful tweet I found of a shopper who actually had a positive experience and changed their behaviors. The tweet is from Coastal Trance and it reads, Walmart, Blaine, Minnesota, Ulysses store, superior execution of contactless grocery pickup, awesome service, website, UI, real-time inventory, product availability, including cold frozen produce, definition of essential done perfect, Love the sample get bag. What a perk. Former Target loyalist. This is the biggest fear of brands. 
you're going to lose customers because people are forced to shop differently than before. And this comes down to the first issue, retailers must get better. While everybody pretty much is offering BOPIST or delivery at this point, the expectations are not being met. This is the biggest issue out there. Just because you have BOPIS or curbside capabilities, are they really working? Our frustration with Kroger has led us to buy from Target, Walmart, Amazon, Neiman's, and Gordon Food Service. The one that really got it right the best is Gordon Food Service, and it's a regional store, live in Michigan, up in this area. And what they do differently is when you go to submit your order, if they do not have it in inventory, they will flag it and they will not let you submit your order with that in your cart. I'd rather know at the point I'm submitting my cart than a day later when they swapped Ragu for Prego and I get to hear it from my wife again. So retail expectations and nailing it is the biggest one and you got to do it now. The second one is forced usage of your brand. Many shoppers are discovering new brands because they are swapped out or substituted because of unavailability. This is interesting because brand citizenship doesn't mean loyalty necessarily. It means I only buy brands I know. And rarely do you go out of your consideration set. So this forced usage of a brand could be an opportunity for brands to increase their market share and their adoption rate over time. But are you creating and solidifying a relationship? Keep in mind, of all the different grocery stores my family is going to to get groceries, how well is each one of those retailers nailing it? And then from a product perspective, is the product or brand meeting or exceeding the key attributes that the customers or the shopper is looking at when they assess quality? This is an opportunity to grow market share by proving you're as good, if not better, than the shopper's go-to brand. For example, we typically buy chicken of the sea. However, we were substituted the Kroger brand. We tried it. It was at or above what chicken of the sea is. So going forward, it becomes another product to consider, especially when you consider how much less expensive the Kroger tuna is relative to the chicken of the sea. So in summary, if you're a shopping minimalist, this is your renaissance as you discover new ways to minimize shopping and find more time for your life. All other typologies are dealing with different levels of the dark ages. Some cringe at the idea of paying full price and don't feel they are saving as much as they could. Others get upset because they can't get their brand. And some miss the store environment and look forward to when they can get back into the store if they haven't done that already. So while a lot of people are using BOPIS or delivery for groceries, Odds are these levels are not going to stay where they are today, and they're going to revert back to somewhere between where they were last August and where they are today as shoppers go back to their preferred state. Well, that wraps up this episode. First off, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, I encourage you to subscribe to future podcasts on PrimalShopper.com or subscribe on your favorite podcast service like iTunes, Anchor, or Google. Also, if you're interested in mining the primal desires of your customers, you can connect with me on LinkedIn. Finally, if you haven't picked up a copy of Primal Shopper, please do. For those of you who already bought a copy, thanks for the support. Well, that's it for now. Until next time, this is Eric Bowe on the Primal Shopper Podcast. Later, everyone. Yeah.